1: was one thing is clear, and that is this, this increasing habit of demonizing political opponents, of just yelling and, 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 and thinking not just that I disagree with somebody, but that they're evil or wrong. That creates a, a dangerous climate. And, and when we have politicians and elected officials in leadership positions, who continue to promote over-the-top rhetoric, or at least ignore it, or make light of it. Again, that's the kind of over-the-top language that ends up getting people hurt. Because if your opponents are demonic, well, then there's no constraint on what you think you can do to them, break into their homes, hit people with hammers. Because they're demons, it's demonic.
2: The delusional uh, ravings of a power-hungry madman. That's really what that is right there. He has come out of the basement, for sure. And uh, Politico calls him the Energizer-in-Chief. All these other stories we've been giving to you of late, pointing out that he's running the show. Of course he is. There he is last night in Phoenix, trying to take down Carrie Lake and Blake Masters because they're they're evil. They're violent. That's the message coming from the Democrat Party. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining our growing audience. You can get to the live video stream of this show through our website. That's thetrumpet.com. Just go to thetrumpet.com forward slash live, and you can get to the live stream, which is at 11 a.m. in the central time zone of the United States every weekday morning, Uh, And, of course, all of our podcasts are posted after the fact as well. So the Energizer, he's out there, and one can certainly argue just how much energy is in the Democrat Party at the moment because they're being exposed as, as communists through and through. But he's out there trying to stir up the base, trying to get them excited about hating the opposition, trying to get them excited, excited about January 6th or the hammer attack. That's what this is about. It's about democracy or death. That's the choice. That's the choice that's before you, says Obama. And, of course, Biden, for his part, he's giving a speech at Union Station. I forget which clip it is, Sam, but if you can cue up the very beginning where he basically launches right into the Pelosi attack. That's the beginning of his speech. This is their, this is their final argument as, as we gear up for midterms next Tuesday, this is their closing argument. It's the hammer attack by the communist nudist. They've converted him into a MAGA Republican killer. And this is their parting shot. This is what they want voters to think about finally as they head off to the midterms. Go ahead and play that
0: clip. Good evening, everyone. Just a few days ago, a little before 2.30 a.m. in the morning, a man smashed the back windows and broke into the home of the Speaker of the House of Representatives, the third highest ranking official in America. As he told the police, he had come looking for Nancy Pelosi to take her hostage, to interrogate her, to threaten to break her kneecaps. But she wasn't there. Her husband, my friend Paul Pelosi, was home alone. The assailant tried to take Paul hostage. He woke him up. He wanted to tie him up. After the assailant entered the home asking, where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? Those are the very same words used by the mob when they stormed the United States Capitol on January the 6th, when they broke windows, kicked in the doors, brutally attacked law enforcement, roamed the corridors, hunting for officials, and erected gallows to hang the former Vice President, Mike Pence. It was an enraged mob that had been whipped up into a frenzy by a President repeating over and over again the big lie that the election of 2020 had been stolen. It's a lie that fueled the dangerous rise in political violence and voter intimidation over the past two years.
2: And so if we don't win, it's the death of democracy. It's democracy or death. This was, we don't, we don't have the soundbite, but this was a historian, Beschloss, forget his first name. He's on with MSNBC. He says, Joe Biden is saying the same thing tonight. This is from last night, I guess. And a, and a historian 50 years from now, if historians are allowed to write in this country, and if there's still free publishing houses and a free press, which I'm not uh, certain of, But if that is true, a historian will say what was at stake tonight and this week was the fact whether we will be a democracy in the future, whether our children will be arrested and conceivably killed. Those are the choices. You either vote Democrat or they're going to come kill your children. I mean, how do you even? You remember what politics used to be like? It was a battle over ideas. You'd come forward with your ideas, and if you had been in power, you would also bring forward your record. This is what we've done. This is what we're aiming to do in the future. But no, no, not now. Not in the age of the fundamental transformation of the United States of America. Now Antiochus is leading the way with a democracy or die message. You either go along with me or you die. The country dies. And in fact, he's killing the country. He's transforming the country. I've got an article uh, later on. It's like it's straight out of America under attack. All he's doing is just going back and looking at all of these communist connections that Obama had from the very beginning. Bill Ayers, Bernadine, or whatever his wife's name was. I mean, these people tried to blow up government buildings. And, and Obama launched his first campaign as a politician from Bill Ayers' house. He idolized Frank Marshall Davis. Then when the, uh, the audio book comes out later, he's mentioned like 20-some times, Frank Marshall Davis, a proud communist. He, he modeled himself, his, his political career after Frank Marshall Davis. And yet, in the 90s, early 2000s, I forget when it was, but when the audiobook came out, they made a few edits and conveniently scrubbed out Frank Marshall Davis. And of course, the media, the media that swooned before Obama. They never, they never fact-checked anything. They never did a background check on Barack Obama. They just stepped aside and let him through. Of course, he's on his way to the presidency. He's so, he's such a smooth talker i love to listen to him. I'm not going to ask him any hard questions. I'm certainly not going to check into his background. Who's the extremist? He's a communist. And there he is. There he is. For him, of all people, to go on and on about where the demonic activity is. Who are the demons? Ask the demon-inspired individuals. Satan is, if you want proof, that the devil has been cast down to this earth and that he and his demons are confined to this earth. Read about it in Revelation 12. Read about it in America Under Attack. If you want proof, look at, look at politics in America today. Here's where we are. You've got, you've got the, the real commander-in-chief in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and then you've got the fake president, his puppet, He's at Union Station near uh, Congress in Washington, D.C. This, this place that's now become a homeless shelter, shelter, basically, because of his policies, because of Obama's policies, because he's running American cities into the ground. Listen to what the fake president had to say last night, clip four.
0: The issue couldn't be clearer in my view. We, the people, must decide whether we'll have fair and free elections, and every vote counts. We, the people, must decide whether we're going to sustain a republic where reality is accepted, the law is obeyed, and your vote is truly sacred. We, the people, must decide whether the rule of law will prevail, whether we'll allow the dark forces to thirst, thirst for power put ahead of the principles that we've long guided us.
2: It's either the rule of law or dark forces. I mean, this is language right out of Ephesians 6. These, these, these guys are preaching. Dark forces, demons, demonic activity. That's right. We're, well, we're in the final week of campaigning. So it's either democracy or death. It's either rule of law or dark forces. Here's your choice, America. You either You either agree with us or you're guilty. You're a hammer attacker. You're a January 6th insurrectionist. These are deranged people. Satan has quite the stranglehold on their thinking, on their minds. These are some sobering events we're witnessing. Some would say terrifying developments in the world of American uh, politics, as I say. It's not always been this way, but boy, look at what has happened ever since Obama came on the scene in 2008. Politics of division and and anger and rage. This is what he was trained in as a community organizer. It's called exactly the opposite of what it really is. But your job as a community organizer is to go into the community and divide, divide the community. And Obama was quite good at that. And still is. Still is. Yes, indeed. Democracy or death? Really? That's MSNBC. That's, that's good commentary from a historian last night. Democracy or your kids are going to be put before a firing squad. Listen to Obama uh, in Phoenix last night, clip 7.
1: And then we just got an example, an erosion of civility and basic democratic norms, some of it which is encouraged by politicians who, who actually do their best to stir up division and to make us angry and afraid of one another just for their own political advantage. And all of that gets amped up, and it gets hyped up on social media 24-7 because those platforms find it more profitable to stir up conflict and controversy than to lift up truth and facts.
2: Isn't that rich? To hear him talk about truth and facts and how that the other side, they're trying to stir up division, yeah. Well look at at that lunatic that went into the Pelosi home. He's a Republican, and they're all like him. Every single one of them. Uh, Speaking of rich statements, listen to this one, clip 12.
1: You know what I didn't do? I didn't claim the election was rigged. I I, I, I didn't spin conspiracy theories. I didn't instigate uh, a mob to go up on and storm the Capitol. When Donald Trump won, I stayed up till 3 in the morning so I could offer a congratulatory call to somebody who opposed everything I stood for, but I believed in the peaceful transfer of power. I sat at his inauguration. We welcomed him into
2: the white house Mm, yeah we welcomed him he's a believer in the peaceful transfer of power that's why his people funded the uh the steel dossier so that they had it as an excuse to spy on and to persecute donald trump and all of his supporters he was behind that he was orchestrating all of that before he left office and then of course he comes out in the the press conferences uh, the meet and greet with Donald Trump in that transition period, shakes his hand, has a big smile, says all the right things. But what was he doing? America under attack tells you everything that was going on in that transition period. The 800 number, one Obama and his people, they were securing uh, warrants through a FISA court telling lies to the court so that they could spy on Donald Trump and associates of Donald Trump. They gave fake defensive briefings where really it was a setup. They lied to the incoming president. Now, we've got this investigation going on, but be assured that it's not about you. It was always about him. Always. They signed off on going after Flynn, Mike Flynn, using the the Logan Act, that hadn't been used in centuries, was it? They shook the dust off of that that archaic act to take down Mike Flynn because they knew, they knew Flynn would learn all about the spying. Spying on American citizens, spying and persecuting political opponents. Then that briefing, that intelligence assessment, well, it led to the briefings in January of 2017 But as soon as he beat Hillary Clinton, Obama triggered the intelligence uh, investigation that that basically found, according to him, that Russia swung the election into Donald Trump's favor. And and there he is last night saying, I didn't deny the election. I I stayed up till three so I could make a phone call. Yeah, I, I shook his hand. I was at the inauguration. Even as they were setting things up, to destroy Donald Trump and his administration, even on Inauguration Day. Uh, go talk to Susan Rice about that. She tried to clean it up saying, hey, we did everything by the book. Oh, really? A bogus intelligence investigation into the election of 2016. And what did, what did Obama's people find? They, they found out that Trump wouldn't have won were it not for Vladimir Putin, and all oh, the dossier and everything that contributed to this investigation. I mean, it was all Russia. Russia, Russia, Russia. And for years, it was Russia. But he's not an election denier. Not Barack Obama. Oh, no. Yeah, you know, they spied on Mike Flynn during the transition period. They were tapping into his phone calls as well as those of Trump's. And then, of course, all the communists, talking heads in the media—they were quite happy to let the leaks just play all over the place, because they wanted to destroy Trump as well. Still do. So much evil going on behind the scenes, and then he really has the audacity last night to say, <laughs> "Well, but what about me? You know, you know what I didn't do. I didn't try to lead an insurrection." I I mean, I was all about a peaceful transition. That's the way the devil operates. That's the way the devil reasons. The devil sees himself as squeaky clean, and everybody else is a killer. Everybody else is David Depepe. Everybody else is breaking a window down from Nancy Pelosi's palatial state in Pacific Heights. That's the way the devil operates, transforming a communist pervert into a Republican or a conservative. And he did it in a matter of days. And he lies right to your face and, and expects you to believe it. Yeah, you, you've got to believe it. This is how Joe ba- this was his closing argument. Good evening, everyone. Let me tell you about the Pelosi home. You see why it's so important, whether it's this. This, this manufactured, okay, there was the one hammer blow, but they've concealed so much of the other evidence of what actually happened there. You see why it's important? At the very start, right at the very start, you see in 2008, that he was never vetted. And then the media, they come along later and they say, <laughs> you know, we never, we never did vet Barack Obama. We were swooning. This is why it's important. Truth matters. Truth, he's up there last night going on and on and on about truth, and he's lying. Who's the father of lies? What prophecy says that truth would be cast to the ground in these last days? There's some, I mean, there's some really violent, sinister behavior that these people are setting the nation up for. Even in the next, you could see it playing out in the next week. They're talking about democracy dying on Tuesday because they might lose a majority. This has happened in the history of American politics for going on three centuries. Democrats getting a majority, Republicans swinging, some going on for several terms, some not. But now, now we're at a point where if we don't win, then democracy dies. If Americans vote for Republicans, think of this, this is the reasoning. If Americans, by a majority, vote for Republicans, democracy on the whole dies. It dies. So here's your choice. Here's your choice. Democrats or death. That's their closing argument. Listen again to Barack Obama from last night, clip 11.
1: They've nominated a whole cast of characters who at least say, I don't know if they really believe it, but they they have decided it's advantageous for them to just assert that Donald Trump won the last election. And and who now they want control over the next election. And their argument has no basis in reality. Why would you vote for somebody who you know is not telling the truth about something? I I mean, on something that important. I don't care how how nicely they say it. I don't care how poised they are or how well-lit they are. I mean, you have people from her own party saying, that's just not true. And yet, it seems as if it doesn't matter anymore. What happens when truth doesn't matter anymore? If you just repeat something over and over again and it's a lie, and yet because your side is saying it, it's okay. Like I said, Democrats aren't perfect. But I can tell you this, Mark will testify, Gabby will testify. If I just said something that was an outright lie, there would be Democrats in Congress who would say, I'm sorry, I like Obama, but that's not true. And if you've got election deniers serving as your governor, as your senator, as your secretary of state, as your attorney general, then democracy, as we know it, may not survive in Arizona. That's not an exaggeration. That is a fact.
2: He's there to just give you the facts. He never lies. Never lies. And, of course, if the election deniers get in, that signals the end of democracy. So, Fincham... Kerry Lake, Blake Masters, if they somehow win a majority on Tuesday, that's it. That's it for Arizona. If the majority is across the the nation, that's it for America. And it all stems back to the big lie, they say. The big lie is that the election was stolen. And they're they're campaigning that. They cannot believe that this story won't go away. That they're... There are hundreds, the way they're saying it, hundreds of deniers running for office. And some of them are winning. This is, this is awesome from CBS. Awesome in a, in a funny way, I guess. It's from CBS, and they're talking about all of these election-denying candidates uh, and how they're gaining momentum among the Republicans. And uh, listen and watch the, uh, the way that they define, you know, what is an election denier. This is clip one. Our CBS News review of every federal and statewide race shows of the nearly 590 Republican candidates, there are 308 who we categorize as election deniers. Look at this, in the U.S. House, it's 238 of 436. It's a majority. In the U.S. Senate, again, it's a majority. In gubernatorial races, same number. In secretary of state races nationwide, it's nearly half, and secretaries of state would help administer future elections. What do we mean by election denier? CBS News has a lengthy and formal definition. It includes those who've questioned the legitimacy of Biden's election, who won't acknowledge he's the duly elected president, those who say the election was stolen and those who've repeated disproven claims of fraud. This is CBS saying we've got a lengthy and uh, detailed definition of what an election denier is. The first you can see he went through the first three. Look at the other three. On the, if you can read it, it's still up there on the screen. Signed onto the Texas lawsuit to overturn the 2020 election. You mean they, they signed onto a lawsuit and, and wanted to see it play out in the courts? Yeah, that's an election denier. And they're the dangerous ones, remember. These are the dangerous politicians now running for office in hundreds of races right across the country. The other one, objected to the 2020 electoral college count on January 6th. Well, yeah, there were congressmen that were going to protest it based on evidence, affidavits and the like. It, video of fraud. So, and that was the constitutional means by which you, you raise questions. You contest elections. But if you do that, well, this is now in the definition of an election denier. By the way, replace all of the names of Trump where they appear on the, the definition. And, and, or sorry, put in Trump instead of Biden and, and Obama. As I just brought out to you, an election denier. Yeah, Russia stole it. Russia, yeah, his whole intelligence apparatus concluded at the end of 2016, the beginning of 2017, they concluded that Russia not only meddled, but they tilted in the, in the favor of Donald Trump. That last, uh, that last one says it supported the 2020 audit. If you support an election audit You are an election denier. That's in the definition. That's right. They should have added a seventh one. If you disagree with CBS's definition, you're an election denier, this is preposterous. Uh, Cheating does happen. Look at the millions and millions of people taking to the streets in Brazil. Are are they election? You know, Tucker had a segment last night talking about our CIA, America's CIA, already going down there to meddle in the election, basically to say, look, the the communist socialist won. For anyone to deny that, you're an election denier. So here's really the way that it works. If the communist socialist wins, it was perfect. The election was perfect. If any other other candidate, an opponent to the communist, if he wins by the vote, then, you see, then there's... There's problems with the election. And so you have both of those messages coming from the fake president last night. Donald Trump, or rather the Trump people, are suppressing the vote. And then almost in the very next sentence, you've got Biden going on about, it's, 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 a, record, it's a record number of people voting. And, and oh, by the way, it's going to take days to count them because there's so many ballots. Well, which is it? Is it being suppressed or is it record-setting? And then, days, oh, I see what you mean. What are they preparing us for? Is this a 2020 replay? Well, you had the five or so swing states in play that tilted the, 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 the favor illegitimately in, uh, in Joe Biden's direction because of all those fake ballots. And that, of course, came about because of the millions, the nearly 100 million ballots that were just sent out all over the place. I mean, they had ballots everywhere for the cheaters to sign off on. And they did, and they did. Not as many ballots out there this time, but the cheating machines, you have to imagine, they're still in motion in Philadelphia, in Pittsburgh, in Detroit, in Milwaukee, uh, in Arizona, uh, Phoenix, Atlanta. It's hard to see how they're going to uh, cheat the way to victory for you know House, House Congress people or people running in other states where there's a little bit more election security. But these, these people are preparing for some violent, some kind of violent, sinister activity. They've got Obama out there, and he vowed to fundamentally transform the United States, and that, that's not over the way he sees it. It's not quite complete. Listen to, uh, just again, to hear the fake president following right in the steps of the Antiochus. This is a Joe Biden from the, the Union Station speech last night, clip three.
0: But there's something else at stake. Democracy itself. I'm not the only one who sees it. Recent polls have shown an overwhelming majority of Americans believe our democracy at ri- is at risk, that our democracy is under threat. They too see that democracy is on the ballot this year, and they're deeply concerned about it.
2: Democracy or death, Democrat or death, Democrat or the the hammer-wielding crazies are going to come after you. That's how serious this is. We did a little bit of research into the lead-up to this midterm election, Obama's uh, involvement his campaigning and you go back a few weeks and Obama was basically saying through his acolytes he was saying that he was going to kind of keep a low profile but he certainly didn't follow through on that he's out there almost every night now and sometimes screaming angrily CBS, This is MSNBC and CNN they both put articles together going back to the early part of October or middle October this CNN piece October 18th this is before all the rallies of the last couple of weeks and it says here requests for Barack Obama are pouring in from Democrats around the country candidates are desperate for his help in what they feel is an existential midterms battle they were desperate for help they were desperate for some campaigning some good campaigning some eloquent speech the way they see it because well we can't have Biden come out the country is a dumpster fire right now so basically Basically, the article goes on to say he did, well, it doesn't even cover this because it's from three, four weeks ago. But as I say, Obama took a different tack as it started getting closer to midterms. It says, but beyond the midterm season, Obama sees a larger purpose to this latest phase of his post-presidency life. No matter how the midterms go, the former president will host what he's calling a democracy forum. And the way they present it is that, you know, this is Obama. I mean, uh, yeah, there's some political battling going on, but he's, he's above the fray because he's Barack Obama. So no matter what happens, I mean, he's got his, uh, his foundations, he's got his, his uh, programs. He's right there in D.C. running the White House and more and more are waking up to that fact. But again, this is CNN. It says, and we'll discuss the debate ideas for how we can adopt our democracies. He's talking about these programs, as I say, above the fray. And then this, saying involved behind the scenes, that's the subhead, as much as Obama likes to insist that he's ready to start playing a more background part, he consulted with both Biden and Schumer about the failed attempt to push through a bill on voting rights. He was also on the phone after Biden's Build Back Better legislation collapsed, backing the idea of slimming down the bill to just be climate change provisions and whatever else was needed to get West Virginia Democrat Senator Joe Manchin's support. I just saw a clip this morning from a roundtable on MSNBC, the Morning Joe people, talking about how inflation, is, it's obviously been brought on by this reckless spending of the Joe Obama administration. And they pointed to this legislation in particular and and said it was even going to be bigger, even more trillions of dollars before Joe Manchin put a stop to it. And so they passed a small, and the the Morning Joe people were basically saying, well, thank you that the bigger package didn't go through. Obama, you have Obama to thank for all of this, the skyrocketing inflation. There he is working behind the scenes, working in Washington, D.C., and CNN's just laying it out. He's on the phone. Yeah, he's lobbying. He's campaigning. Now he's out, he's out of the basement and into the open. Going around telling everyone how the other side, they, they're really demon-inspired, demon deranged, violent criminals. And we're here, I'm here, to just report the facts. This is a, this is a struggle for democracy. And uh, if you don't get in line with my regime, then you're the David DePepe guy. It says here he spent months on the phone call or on phone with tech leaders and advocates. We went through this yesterday. It's all there in America Under Attack. It's why they're so enraged by uh, Elon Musk's takeover. It says a few weeks later he gathered several black journalists, journalists, um, <clears throat> I'm just trying to skip through all the names, in his Washington office to talk about the ways in which disinformation works its way into black communities. He was in a space of how he could be helpful, how he could help to move things along from the seat he's currently in, says someone who went to those meetings. The seat he's in. Obama's staff, meanwhile, has remained in regular touch with Biden's political staff at the White House, strategizing about opportunities to speak up on the president's behalf, he was a sounding board for Biden on the Afghanistan withdrawal. Yeah, he's right there helping. That, that, you Remember that, remember that withdrawal that, that brought so much shame on the United States? Who can forget those images of the Afghan people running after that jumbo jet, that last American flight out of Afghanistan before it's turned over? The nation is turned over to the Taliban. People were flying off. the pl- They were falling off the plane as they were trying to hang on to the outside of it. During the departure, and Obama had a hand in, in, in orchestrating that shameful departure, withdrawal from Afghanistan. It says Obama is still impor- is still important stamp of approval during uh, moments of celebration as well, like when he called in August to congratulate the president after the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act. That would be the act that, that triggered so much inflation. And Obama's on the phone. Great great job, Joe. You're doing fantastic. Carrying out my third term, or at least being in in front, the face of it. And now Joe Biden is taking all the hits. And he's out there basically. Good evening, everyone. Did you hear about what happened to the Pelosi home? Here's your choice. Democracy or death? It says here, Attend- attendees at... At a rare Obama fundraiser for the Democratic National Committee, this is where he talks about CNN, that is, about how much angrier Obama is getting. This is a point we've been making this week. Attendees at this one conference noted this. It says, Tylus in a large chair in the home of a co-founder of Qualcomm delivering long answers to a room full of of tech billionaires on a, a handheld microphone. This is the new Obama, the campaigner in chief, the energizer in chief. It says they were struck by the intensity of his attacks on Republicans. This is no longer the angel of light. This is the divider in chief. This is this is angry Obama that we're learning about this week. It says sometimes it just turns out they're they're mean. This is quoting Obama. They're racist, they're sexist, they're angry and your job is then is then to just beat them because they're not persuadable. You got to beat them. You got to destroy them. You can't persuade these people. They're all like the invader at the Pelosi home. This this is MAGA Republican. The MAGA Republican broke into the home and wanted to take the house speaker hostage and also take a nap. But leave that aside. It's, it, to me, it's kind of amazing. He'd, if he had this kind of an operation in mind, it's kind, of, it's kind of amazing to me that he just went with a hammer and some zip ties. But look, he's the communist nudist. That's his background. He, he's a homosexual Democrat for sure. And look at the way the devil has been operating with all of the news coverage even since last Friday. And then that leads. This is like the final plea that joe biden makes before the midterms and he starts with two two long paragraphs on that episode connecting it to january 6 connecting it to january 6 which then connects it to the evil MAGA republicans new yorker magazine had an article what obama is doing behind the scenes to help democrats well, the title in itself is pretty revealing, is it not? It says here, uh, nonetheless, it's, it's lost on no one around him that he's acting like no other former president in recent history. Yeah, where's, where's George Bush? Where's uh, Bill Clinton? Where are any of these? You hear a little bit about the Cheneys, but only because they hate the Trumps. But Obama, he's operating like no other former president in recent memory. It says, when his former aides asked him on the Pod Save America show how Democrats could tie together all their arguments for the midterms, his immediate response was that the first and most important issue is, are we going to preserve and hopefully strengthen our democracy? That's the first and most important issue in his mind not in the minds of ordinary Americans. They're thinking more about the cost for fuel or the cost for heating your home or whether or not they're going to be able to f- afford food. But here's Obama, and as I say, Joe Biden, you listened to his speech last night, he's in lockstep with Obama. And the first and most important issue, we've got to save democracy. We've got to save the regime. And look, we'll send the CIA down to Brazil if it helps our cause and we'll get the cia involved in this election next tuesday if we have to maybe the fbi too they'll get the whole administrative state involved be assured they are working even as we speak to try to figure out a way to cheat let's say or if it doesn't go their way To be an election denier, I'm going to go. It's going to be fun going back to if if there is a red wave. I I I submit to you anything can happen next week. But if there is a red wave, as soon as that you know they'll start with the election denying the next day. Two seconds later, they will, and then we're going to start going back to CBS's definition and uh, and what Jean Pierre said yesterday about election denying. It says here, yet people close to Obama say that he sometimes sounds less optimistic about the fight over fair elections than others in his party. It says, in the podcast interview, Obama conceded that he'd had to ditch his vision of receding from public view. He brought up legendary Roman leader, uh, uh since he saw the need to be a little more explicit about the democratic values that are at stake See, he's, he's making more appearances. He's coming out into the open because of his democratic values, because of his values. He's coming into the open because he's desperate, desperate to continue on with this fundamental transformation and to have Joe Biden, the puppet, taking all the criticism, the flat coming from those who are saying, What are you doing? This is like a, a, a raging inferno inside the dumpster. The Washington Examiner, I told you about this at the start. This is the one that, like I say, stow- sounds exactly like America under attack. Here's an article going back to all of these connections to communists. It says here, Corn. this is David Corn. He's the guy that uh, broke the steel dossier story. Corn's analysis, this is in his book, uh, claiming that conservatives are radicals. This is what you heard last night in both those speeches, Obama and Biden. They're going on and on and on, even as crime, crime fills the streets of America. What was the crime clip? I think that's number nine. Play that for a moment.
1: You know, there's, there's also a lot of, there's also plenty of talk about crime right now. You watch ads, crime everywhere. Now listen, violent crime has gone up over the last seven years. But by the way, it's, it's not just the last two, it's remember the other guy was in charge and crime was going up? You never heard anything about it from these folks. And by the way, it's gone up not just in cities, it's gone up in conservative rural states, too. So the question is, though, who will fight to keep you and your family safe? Is it the Republicans who want to flood our streets with more guns? who actually voted against more resources for our police departments? Or is it the Democratic leaders?
2: Well, yes, I think all, all the talking heads just two seconds ago said the crime's going down. We played the montage for you, I think it was yesterday. They're gonna have to change their talking points on the, uh, the communist narrative here and, and say, okay, it is going up, but it went up during Trump as well. Trump years. It's, it's Trump and then just these two years. But certainly under his administration, it was perfect, right? Everything was perfect. Crime all over the place. It says here, Korn's, this is back to the Washington Examiner, Korn's uh, um, analysis is a perfect example of the way liberalism whitewashes its own past and its present connections with socialism and communism, after all, one of the most racist, conspiratorial, paranoid, and violent movements over the last century has been communism, and some of the foremost supporters of that movement have been American liberals, including, including high-ranking Democrats. This is the truth. This is what they try to cover up. This is what they try to conceal. The answer is simple, because the left censors anything that might hurt its cause, this is why it yells and screams about conservatism's supposedly incipient fascism, or as President Joe Biden put it, semi-fascism, while ignoring the fact that former President Barack Obama has was once tight with radical and violent extremists. He still is. Ta- tight with radical and violent extremists. Remember when he left office, by the way, and that, that picture that had been around for years, the picture with... Uh, not Jeremiah Wright, uh, Louis Farrakhan. Yeah, Obama and Farrakhan together. And then the media, they kept it covered. Oh, we got to cover that up. He, he's Barack Obama. And we swoon before him. He talks about launching his political career in Bill Ayers' home. Ayers, a leader of the violent group, the Weather Underground, is not sorry, telling the New York Times in 2001, I don't regret setting bombs. I feel like we didn't do enough. We didn't do enough killing. We didn't set off enough explosions. And Obama launches his political career in that home, in the home of that man, Bill Ayers. Says, then there's Frank Marshall Davis. Davis was a mentor to a young and fatherless Barack Obama. Davis was also a hardcore member of the Communist Party. He refers to this book, The Communist, written about Frank Marshall Davis. It says, I was intrigued by old Frank, writes Obama in dreams of my father. It's in, it's in the autobiography, too. I was intrigued by him. Yeah. love, love Uncle Frank, the hardcore communist. It says here in his memoirs, Obama well it talks about the 22 references to Frank Marshall Davis, how that that was conveniently scrubbed from the audiobook, because you know we don't want to we don't want to make him look too radical. Let's just bring we'll introduce that back into the story uh, after Obama's out of the White House. We'll, we'll reveal the picture with uh, Louis Farrakhan after he leaves the White House. It says here Davis. Frank Marshall Davis joined the Communist Party USA in Chicago during World War II and was the founding editor-in-chief of the Communist Party paper there, the Chicago Star. Davis left Chicago in 1948 for Hawaii, where he would write for the party newspaper there as well, the Honolulu Record. According to Kinger, those writings reveal a man fully loyal to the Soviet Union and the Communist Party line and often bear an uncanny resemblance to Obama's own rhetoric, Obama's own rhetoric, whether Davis was bashing Wall Street, big oil, big banks, corporate executives and their excess profits and greed and their fat contracts, the wealthy and millionaires, GOP tax cuts and spare the rich and on and on and on it goes. Yeah, he's a good he's a card carrying communist and he's attacking the United States of America. And the communist is out front now. He's come out of the basement and he's telling Americans, you either support my regime or this, this country dies. This nation dies. It says here, the communist also reveals the 2022 left's love of communism from Nancy Pelosi's adoration of international longshore and warehouse union chief Harry Bridges. And a member of the Central Committee of the Communist Party u s a and the ties of Obama and how Biden insiders Valerie Jarrett and David Axelrod, to many of the same American communists um, uh, who were allies and collaborators of frank marshall davis and i haven't i haven 't even mentioned the open socialist rep Alexandria ocasio Cortez, whom the Democrat Socialists of America call. DSA's foremost socialist superstar. They're, they're all, the, they're, they're now in control of the Democrat Party. The extreme radicals, the communists, they're in control. Ryan Cooper at MSNBC, uh, speaking of how the talking heads, the propagandists in the media, how that they swoon before Obama. He makes a point in a piece about... Uh, Obama's policies, how that he's somewhat critical of the policies, but that he just can't help but to gravitate toward Obama. He's Barack Obama, and we're supposed to swoon before him. It says in this article, it's the last couple weeks before an election, and that means that Barack Obama is going viral. Clips of his appearances at rallies for Democratic candidates are popping up all over social media But it's undeniable, it says later, that he's the Democrat Party's best orator by a country mile. Nobody else even comes close, especially not the current leadership. He says in this article how that uh, Obama has always been pretty bold in his speeches, but that as far as his actual policy, going back to his first and second term, that in the view of this author, he wasn't quite aggressive enough. Well, now we're seeing both. You know, he had, to, he had to play politics during the first term and the second term. He had to get reelected. He had to get popular support from Congress. Now it's just wide out into the open, right out into the open, the communist attack, the fundamental transformation, the destruction of the political opposition, says here there have always been two sides of obama the magnificent political campaigner and the milk toast office holder well i don't think he has that quite right in any event it says the fact that obama won re-election uh, easily after the tea party backlash demonstrates that the anger and insanity that his identity whips up on the right pales next to his charisma and popularity if they're put to good use well they're putting it to good use the democrat party is At this moment, he concludes the article by saying that Obama, he needs to come back into politics in order to, wait for it, save democracy. He needs to get back involved. He needs to get back into politics or else democracy will die. Let me just, I think we have time. Let me just play you one last uh, clip from the fake president. This is Joe Biden at Union Station,
0: clip five. You know, American democracy under attack because the defeated former president of the United States refuses to accept the results of the 2020 election. He refuses to accept the will of the people. He refuses to accept the fact that he lost. He has abused his power and put the loyalty to himself before loyalty to the Constitution. And he's made a big lie an article of faith in the MAGA republican party the minority of that party the great irony about the 220 election is that it's the most attacked election in our history and yet and yet there's no election in our history that we can be more certain of its results
2: it was perfect it was just perfect now as to next week the midterms let me, let me tell you how it's going to play out. We're, we're probably going to need to take several days to do all of the, the counting. Here's what he said, clip six.
0: And for the first time, this is the first time since the national election of 2020, once again, we're seeing record turnout all over the country. We know that more and more ballots are cast in early voting or by mail in America. And we know... That many states don't start counting those ballots until after the polls close on November eighth. That means, in some cases, we won't know the winner of the election for a few days until after, a few days after the election.
2: Oh, I see. So just like two thousand twenty, you can you can you can see it now, laying the groundwork for. For cheating, And by the way, wh- which is it? is it? Is it Republicans are suppressing the vote or is it uh, record setting, a record turnout? Now he's saying it's a record turnout and it's going to take days. So we're coming back to election week, election month, in order, in order for every ballot to be counted. OK, got it. Something sinister is at work here, whether it's in the cheating or denying the results of next Tuesday's midterms or both. But you listen to these two chilling speeches. Here's where we are in the United States of America 2022. This is where we are with respect to American politics. Now it comes down to supporting the regime or you're you're potentially signing up to send your children off to the firing squad. That passed for commentary last night on MSNBC. If you don't have a copy of America Under Attack, now is your time to get it. The toll-free number, it's one 930 3024 If you'd like to email the program, we'd love to. I know we haven't gotten to feedback in quite some time. We've just had so much material to try to, to get through. But uh, if you'd like to submit some feedback, we can, uh, we can uh, hopefully get to that on uh, a later date. The email address, td thetrumpet.com. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is The Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on today's show. Don't miss it tomorrow.